So I would like us to take a pause on this conversation and come back. Or I would like to step away for a few minutes to think about it. Hey Josh, do you mind if I take a few minutes or even a day or two to just process what you just told? If I were to just accept that hook, line, and sinker, I might be going against my conscience. Do you mind? Yeah, yeah. Hello and good day. Welcome to another episode of The Consultant and the Coach. Josh is the consultant and I'm the coach. We're good friends, running buddies, book nerds, and Christians. We produce the podcast so we can apply our 40 years of consulting, coaching, business, and leadership expertise to popular and released books on business and leadership topics to, basic, to help you live your uh, Christian business life. So Josh, how are you today? Yeah, doing great. How are you? I am doing well. Just got back from the Philippines, yep. so a little jet lag, but um, so far so good, man. We're ready to go. So what book are we doing today? Yeah, so hopefully if those are listening, you may have caught the first episode last week, the interview with David Glasgow. Uh, we're talking about a book called Say the Right Thing uh, by David Glasgow, Kenji Yoshina out of NYU. Uh, we think it's important. Uh, we actually reached out for that book because I think like many of our clients, we're concerned about dialogue in our society. That's a bigger problem than just for businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think in particular, the businesses we work with are struggling with topics like uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and how to talk about it in ways that are both meaningful. You know, there's, there's many times these programs are viewed as sort of a waste of money. I think in other cases, there's this this perception or, or reality where they seem to, you have to trade off doing it right with offending core personal and, and very closely held religious beliefs. And so how do we do that? So it's really a messy topic. And we thought, what a great topic to jump right in. <laughs> and really it's, it, it's we, we pur purposely changed our intro, we as Christians. Yeah. But then you, we live in, we live as Christians in the world. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that yeah. where we're not compromising our belief? But at yeah. the same time, we have to, you know, you just don't want to, we, we have to be in the world and we're engaging with people who are not Christians or yeah. even within Christians, there's all sorts of different denominations and beliefs and this yeah. and that. So how do we, how can we be inclusive without um, compromising core beliefs? What right. does that look like? Right, right. And, and I think that, you know, we had a great engaging dialogue with David, mm -hmm. who's willing to get on with us. And, I think on the surface, you know, unfortunately with the status of, of dialogue or lack thereof in our society, you, oh, might, yeah. you might look at things we believe and, and, and things he believes and you might think, well, those two could never have a good dialogue, which is why we wanted to jump in <laughs> and show how we could. And so I think we did and we'll talk more about the book today and, and hopefully uh, be helpful to some folks. Mm -hmm. So in your consulting, mm -hmm. uh, what you know, the book Say the Right Thing, overview, what is, what, what's the book about? Yeah, I mean, there's, I think at a, at a high point, the, the authors would say that it's really specifically targeting, you know, how to have hard conversations around diversity, uh, equity, or justice, actually, I think they say, and identity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to me, I think some of the main points from the book, even beyond that, are the importance of curiosity, mm -hmm. right? Any uh, expectations, in particular, we'll talk about lowering expectations, how to disagree well, how to have space for disagreement, how to communicate. Um, how to apologize because I think there's a there's a posture of humility required in these conversations where you know we're gonna do our best to care for the people around us including those in our businesses and guess what we're probably gonna get it wrong so let's err on the side of let's do our best and then also go in with this expectation of you know I'm gonna screw it up say the wrong thing I'm gonna apologize authentically mm -hmm. and um, have that enough humility to do that so, and then 
I, I want to go into curiosity. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite parts of the book, and I thought he did it really, really well. But I want to tie it back into Jesus. Mm -hmm. So sometimes he'll say, one of the things he'll say, you know, be curious. Mm -hmm. One of the things that made Jesus as great as he was is he was curious with everyone. He talked with everyone, social status from the, you know, from you know, the top down to the bottom, and he was always curious about them. He never compromised. And so just because you disagree with someone, or let's say they come from the wrong perspective, mm -hmm. he was curious. Mm -hmm. And we can engage with people that we disagree with, but be curious and authentic with them. Yeah, and, and, and you know, we just skipped right, we're just working mm -hmm. on that new intro, so we forgot our scriptures. I'm going to interject here. I knew that, scripture. so I was hoping that would go into the it scripture. Does. It goes right into the scripture, Galatians 3.28, absolutely. So, um, you know, a key point here, especially around, is it both in, pertains to curiosity, how do we lead businesses, I think it also informs the Christian perspective around identity, mm -hmm. um, which is a very big topic in society right now. Um, but Galatians 3.28 says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. There, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important because there's this recognition that as we are Christian business leaders working with other Christians, you know, we aren't differentiating based on any other factor than the fact that we both have Christ in us. I think, you know, from an identity perspective, also even when we're working with people who aren't Christians, we recognize that there is an identity and a calling on all of our lives that's bigger than the things we may choose to identify with in this life, whether we recognize Christ or not, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that Christians certainly have a very different view around identity because of the fact that we are willing to put away many of the world's definitions in pursuit of a uh, identity in who Jesus is and who he's made us to be. And, and we know that's life-changing. Right, absolutely. It's, it's world, actually, not a life-changing, it's world-changing. Right. Right, and it, yeah, and it has been, right, for two, two millennia. Um, so, so the book, Say yeah. the Right Thing. Mm -hmm. And so this is where I believe we can learn from people of different traditions, mm -hmm. would not hold to all of his beliefs or their beliefs, mm -hmm. but at the same time, we can, and he was a very, if you listen to the interview, he was a brilliant, brilliant mind. He has done his work. Absolutely. No, that, and that was great. And I think one of the things, you know, I think that we learn from him, but I also think is something for Christian business leaders to think about is in this realm of curiosity. I think one of the things that I have learned from this process to listen to is curious curiosity. I think you can be thinking about in how you ask and maybe don't ask the question around authority, mm -hmm. right? And that's one of the things I am thinking about is, is when I think about this from a curiosity perspective and listening to someone tell me their story, what's the authority in their life? Right? Because again, back to this identity thing, for Christians, the authority for us, and it's a lifelong pursuit, but the authority is effectively to be Christ, you know, God within us, right? And God with us, and for us, and that's the, you know, the coming of the Spirit. And the, um, when I think we're able to kind of approach this posture of curiosity, humility, you know, and wondering, I think it's also reasonable to understand and not be surprised by the fact that if even if you, you know, put your authority in Jesus and the Bible and the churches, we tried to let David know early on, so he wasn't surprised. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone's going to, yeah. right? And so that's and that's you know that's effectively has to be okay. Like in your own mind, what you would love for other people to take on that same authority, not be surprised that and not expect others people who have not made that same profession of faith 
to have an identity or an authority in their life the same. And so they're going to have a different perspective, right? Because authority, I'm realizing, makes a huge difference in the way someone will build their life and their priorities, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's one of the things I've been thinking a lot about in terms of as I approach curiosity. Mm-hmm. And we, we had so many, I, I love this book because it forced the two of us, mm-hmm. we've had hours upon hours upon hours of conversation regarding this book, and it ended up on that top authority. Because yeah. at the same time, we didn't talk theology with them, right. but I can, we can guarantee if we were to drill down, mm-hmm. what is your authority on this or authority, you know, we would land on scripture. Right, right. He would probably land on something else. We didn't ask him yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. it's helpful for us to say, th- say things like that because we can at least know in our mind, okay, this is the supreme authority. Now, in my business life, or in our business life, we, we you know we're in Washington State, which is way more liberal on the sphere of what's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Well, not, excuse, in the topic of you know diversity, mm-hmm. way way more liberal. We still want to do business in this state, right? So how do we do business in a way that glorifies God, maintains true to our faith, but at the same time we can still. Um, do business. Right. So what did we learn from the book in that sense? Or did we? Is it yeah, good? no, I think there's a few things certainly to talk about. I think um, one of the things that I appreciated when, when you have these dialogues, and I think at least, I don't think we overtly said this in the interview, and again, I think we tried to express our apology to David that we could have taken 45 minutes or we could have taken two or three hours for the interview. Oh, yeah. All the content we had to go through. So I told, you know, I told, I told him, hey, I apologize. We're jumping in and out of topics mm-hmm. so fast. We just want to get your take on these things. But we could spend hours with it, which was a compliment. Right? One of the things I think for these conversations is to lower our expectations. Right? Mm-hmm. I appreciated that concept in the book quite a bit. Um, because I you know, was able to take a breath and I, and I realize I do these conversations well and I take a breath and I think, you know what, I have a difference of opinion on this particular topic or aspect of this topic and I am not going to expect to change their mind. I may not even expect to find common ground even though we'll try to. We talked about that and we'll talk about that too because it's kind of uncommon commonalities. But I, if I set my expectations low enough around another objective, around how do we work together, how do we make progress together, how do we communicate differently, versus you know if I come in like with a really strong agenda of all these very fundamental things we have to agree on that's never going to happen before we work together, then I mean I think that that's the first step here is beginning to just temper your enthusiasm right? <laughs> for how much you can expect of the people you're working with. Now, obviously, you need to have, we've talked about this in past podcasts, right? There's layers of teams around you and in your closest team, your life mm-hmm. team, like we're both in a life team, you obviously need to agree on a lot of fundamental things oh, absolutely. you're really intimate with, but not extrapolate that out to 90% of the people you interact with. And I think, and we, we talked about this on the interview with him, depending on the sphere that we're working, our expectations are different. Mm-hmm. So if you were working with me and my medical supply, mm-hmm. it's all about, hey, how are we taking care of these customers so that they can get their wheelchair timely and paid for by insurance? That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. On other things, let's say we're running, hey, how do we have fun running and get faster while we're at it? Mm-hmm. I mean, understanding the sphere and what we're trying to do is, and what I appreciated you know, in, in, in the book, Say the Right Thing, it was a lot about open-ended questions. Mm-hmm. Let the other person uh, share their perspective, and sometimes we can 
change their mind. Other times we can't, but let's learn in the process. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of learning that needs to happen. Another piece of lowering expectations actually I noted was um, about expectations and, and what they call off-ramps and communicating. Mm -hmm. and one of the things actually I wish we could have spent more time talking about was the off-ramps because the way I interpreted their book was most of the time the off-ramps were these ideas where um, when you're in a conversation where you're feeling uncomfortable, you're mm -hmm. starting to feel that anxiety about a particular topic that you, you don't oh, want to talk absolutely. about rise, how do you sort of find your way out of the conversation? I think one of the things I took from So what, what's the definition of off-ramp? I mean, I know. Yeah, so my, my interpretation of the book's just definition, I don't have it in front of me, but it was basically, again, you're in, you're in a conversation and you need to take a pause mm -hmm. from the conversation or a step away because you're not quite sure what to say. And there's a, there's a delicate way to do that so you're not shutting it down. There's also a delicate way to do it so you're not coming across in ways that um, are either rude or you're dis disagreeing or you might actually agree or vice versa. Um, but there's also functional ways to get out of conversations. Right? And in the book, what I loved about it, he gave examples mm -hmm. of off-ramps. Right. Well, what I, what I didn't see, tell, tell me if I'm remembering this wrong, was there, what I was looking for was more verbal off-ramps, mm -hmm. like to actually more verbalize it. And that's what I would have wanted yeah, to and see. And there were, well, there were, there were a few charts. Yeah. Here are examples of off-ramps. Examples. But mm -hmm. like, it would be easier, like, hey, we're having a disagreement. And I said, you know, Eric, I need to take some time to, like, to verbalize. I think it actually mm -hmm. helps if you can say, hey, this is this is a really important topic. I'm glad we're talking about this. Mm -hmm. I need some time to think about it. So I would like us to take a pause on this conversation and come back. Or I would like to step away for a few minutes to think about it. Mm -hmm. I can be able to verbalize that with um, clarity, I think is well, and, and I think what you said was perfect. Yeah. The only thing I would add from a coaching perspective is I would say what you just said to me, hey, Josh, do you mind if I take a few minutes or even a day or two to just process what you just told? Because I'm not even sure uh, what I believe, yeah. and if I were to just accept that hook, line, and sinker, I might be going against my conscious. Do you mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And unless you're a complete jerk, you're like, well, hey, I want you to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I think that's that's where you can authentically approach these topics of where you might have some disagreements, but you're not quite sure how to articulate them. Mm -hmm. You also, I think, struggle to not come across as, at least I struggle to not come across as agreeing with something I don't necessarily mm -hmm agree with because I have fundamental beliefs that might be contrary to it, but I have a hard time articulating it in the moment. Um, so anyhow, the off-ramps is a big thing I, I picked up on from the book that I think is a useful tool for leaders to think about in those hard conversations. What, and again, they, they highlight kind of diversity, justice, identity issues, but I think these apply to lots of life conversations. One of the reflections I had, the, the Christian perspective on this, let's go back 2,000 years. Mm -hmm. Talking about diverse, diversity and inclusion and even changing arguments, I was thinking of Paul, mm. the great missionary. Mm. You would see mm. him go from culture to culture to culture. He would change how he communicates. Mm -hmm. His message did not change. Right. And yet, so we as Christian businessmen come into our business, or even I deal with all sorts of different customers, I have to change my message. Not that I'm changing, I still sell wheelchairs and oxygen, you name it. but. How I talk to different people really depends on their situation. Mm -hmm. We can do that in life without changing our core values. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What did you think about? So, speaking of communication, that was certainly a big topic in there. They had a. What did you think about the chapter six concept around the platinum rule? So, for folks who haven't read it, mm -hmm. just real quick, is 
is, is the golden rule is a reference to Jesus, but also other religious teachings around doing to others as, as you would have them do unto you. I think it's primarily Jesus that drives you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, it's not the only religious teaching on that topic, as I understand. But the platinum rule is, well, do unto others as you believe that they would want you to do mm -hmm. unto them. What do you think about that? I wrote in the... I wrote in the side, I'm not sure I agree with this mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. and, Tell me more. I don't, and, I, don't, I don't either. And the reason why is it's it's manipulative. Mm -hmm. So if I were to say, you know, if you were to say, do unto others as they would want them, it's almost like you're manipulating them. Mm -hmm. And this is where, no, I'm going to hold on to Jesus, do unto others as you would want them to do to you. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I might have to tell you some hard truth that hurts. Yeah. I would be willing to hurt hurt so yeah listen to this i would be willing to hurt someone if it would help them long term so let's say i have really bad breath mm -hmm. i would hope someone would say eric you have really bad breath mm -hmm. you might want to brush your teeth mm -hmm. that would hurt me mm -hmm. but it would help me and so you kind of have to figure out don't tell me that nothing's wrong when it might hurt me in the long run does that yeah so i, I I agree, and I have two other reasons why yeah, I disagree too. with that sort of premise. I think fundamentally the, the problem I have with, first of all, I find it somewhat offensive, you know, speaking of bias and offense, you know, with calling it the platinum rules, I've thought about it. The reason it's always struck me as problematic is it sort of assumes by naming it the platinum rule as sort of more valuable than the golden rule is that oh, the teachings of Jesus are now, you know, those are nice, mm -hmm. but we've now evolved beyond them. So we've gone mm -hmm. from golden to platinum, and so we've actually evolved beyond Jesus. And we sort of that was nice foundation, mm -hmm. but we don't need it anymore, right? So Ooh, that's so culturally, I find it offensive, actually, mm -hmm. as a Christian. The other thing I thought was interesting was timing-wise. Again, back to this authority topic, I was reading um, Psalm thirty-six, and I won't read the whole thing, but Psalm thirty-six, um, verse one, second half of it says, "There is no fear of God before their eyes." Mm -hmm. And so I think as we think about the platinum rule. If we're trying to think about this doing it to others as you would have them do unto you or doing it to others you think they would like you to do unto you, I think then done unto them. There's this recognition that if you are working with someone who's not a Christian and you're working with someone who doesn't share the same authority set that you do and they do not have a fear of God in their eyes, mm -hmm. why would you do what you think they would want you to do? Because what they would want is not going to align with your values simply because they don't actually fear the same God you do, right? And so from an authority perspective, I also have a problem with platinum rule because it potentially has you violate your own values. Which we can't do. Which we can't do. We should, we even should even in the most loving way. Like, I'm mm -hmm. not talking hatred. I'm not talking bigotry. I'm not talking... Mm -hmm. it's, it's from a core religious belief. So those are the two reasons I was... Helpful yeah. topic to talk about, for sure. But I would not want to use that specifically. And this is where I think it's very beneficial for Christians to go through non-Christian books. Because okay. we need to figure out both sides mm -hmm. yeah. in terms of hey we, we can we can agree over here to be curious together but we're going to disagree peacefully over here and i think if we were to press him on that he would actually be okay with that if we could articulate hey you know we're going to disagree on the platinum rule because of our deeper seated uh beliefs over that and i think he would actually be okay with that yeah yeah, yeah. no and i would agree to disagree and i think and again the fundamental piece behind it is a respect right mm -hmm. communicating respectfully Right, I think is 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 the underlying intention there mm -hmm. that I think there would be a lot of commonality around. Like let's let's agree respectfully. Let's not drive it through some you know language of fear or hatred or other other things that are both they would advocate against and as Christians we would advocate against. Right, 
um, not wanting to do those things. So I think there's a lot of commonality there. Um, what what we're coming up on time here? What do we got up? What's next? What do you think? Where are we going well, with this? Well, I, next? Well, where we go next is business applications. So yeah, this is more. This great. is the book review, and what's next is business application because where we're at is hey, this is a podcast for Christian business leaders. Mm -hmm. You might work in a Christian business, yeah. or even then you still have to be aware of the multiple denominations of Christians within your Christian business. Right. But even then, if you're working in a business that serves non-Christians, how do you talk to them so that, hey, that's next, and it's even more important, what does that look like? Right. So hey, next week is Christian business application. From the book, say the right thing. You know, What do we grab onto, what do we hold onto? What should we push away? And it's uh, it'll be good. Absolutely. Come back and join us. Yeah, come back and join us next week. And in the meantime, hey, go to the consultantwithcoach.com, reach out to us, or hey, wherever you're listening to this video, uh, send us a comment. What do you think? What do you agree with? What do you disagree with? And uh, we'll be curious about your comments. Also, last comment, if someone yeah. has it, we are working and considering producing um, discussion guides for your teams. Mm -hmm. Is that something that interests you? Shoot us an email so we know that's of interest. We can put something together for you and send it out. Absolutely. Okay, until next week.